When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Some Place for Everybody, where we talk about belonging and being a human in our bodies and living in and learning to love our bodies. I'm your host, Carly Someplace. This podcast is brought to you by Someplace Images, Boudoir for Everybody. You can see the full show notes at someplaceforeverybody.com. Now, let's change some self-perspectives. Hi, y'all. I am so incredibly excited to introduce you to my friend, Christy Messerly. Christy is a dietitian and a registered diabetes educator. And we're going to chat about food today a lot, I guess, as well as like bodies and health at every size and kind of just see where this conversation takes us. I follow Christy on Instagram, um, which we'll link in all of our show notes so that you guys can as well, which has been super eye-opening for me of I think my biggest thing that I love following you on Instagram for is like your like balanced meals and like just Mm -hmm. like changing portion sizes and how what one small change in a dish that is all the exact same things can balance your your whole body in a whole bunch of different ways which I think is really cool yes yeah I get a lot of good feedback on that because I feel like it just resonates with people they're not like oh okay I don't just have to eat like a salad with chicken and broccoli you know like people feel like right oh, okay, this is possible just like doing what I'm already doing just making some small adjustments to like better support my like blood sugars or my health or whatever so right. yeah I get really good feedback on that yeah, no, they're super cool because, and I feel like all your visuals that you usually pair with them, you're like, this is literally just how much you have to change, like a half a cup versus a quarter cup. Like it's really yeah. not. <laughs> Nothing crazy. Yeah. So Christy, for my listeners, uh, tell us a little bit more about you and what got you on the track of becoming a dietitian and becoming, um, like you said, a diabetes educator. Let's, let's chat about you for a second. So I actually went to school and I thought I wanted to be a nurse. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, I don't think I want to do that. And so I was in a couple nutrition courses and like loved my teachers. My advisor was a dietitian and I just thought she was wonderful. And so that I kind of just decided like I want to do something medical, but I wasn't, I just really didn't want, I decided I didn't want to do the nursing program. And so nursing is hard. Nurses. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and really competitive. And so I decided to go to school to be a dietitian. And then, so I um, got my bachelor's from UNR in nutrition and dietetics. And then I had to complete like an unpaid internship, (laughs) which was seven months. Always fun, right? (laughs) Always fun. I like, I like being unpaid, you know, to like do everything. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> then, 
offered a job at a tribal health center right out of my internship. And um, right when I started there, my aunt, who is also a dietitian, was like, you know, you should start logging your hours to become a diabetes educator um, because the Native American population has a very high incidence of diabetes. Okay. And so I'm like, oh, okay, sure. And so I kind of started logging my hours and like really racked them up really fast. And so took the exam and I just found like tons of I just found like so much compassion and like empathy for people who were like struggling with their bodies and then also have this like major diagnosis on top of it and right. um, constantly being told to lose weight, constantly being told that their weight in their body is the problem. And I just, so when I started my own business, my Instagram just blew up. Like people were like, this is what I need. Like I need this. And so I kind of like have geared away from like the clinical setting because it's still very like immersed in diet culture and something I can't right. really stand. Um, and I totally so was, agree. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, unfortunately, like, you know, like I'll have someone referred to me that has like perfect lab work and it's like referral for weight loss. And I'm like, why? Like their lab work is beautiful. Why are, why are they being referred for weight loss? And right. So I just, it didn't really align with my morals or my values. And so I started my own business and it's been really successful so far and feel that people really need that, like, non-bias, like non-weight approach because, you know, weight's not a behavior. And so focusing on that just makes people feel like they're at a dead end all the time. Absolutely. I, I really like that sentence. Weight is not a behavior. Oh, I say that it is, all the oh, time. Christy, yes. that is gold. It's, and it's true. You know, think about it. Like I, I can, ch I can drink more water right now. Like I, that's a change I can make right now, but can I lose right. five pounds right now? No. And like, is that losing weight always going to lead to better blood sugars? No, it's not. I mean, I've had right. clients gain weight and balance their blood sugars, lose weight, maintain whatever, but it's the behaviors that are creating better blood sugar balance, not the weight itself. Right. Which is, and that's, that's, oh God, that's just like mind blowing to me right now. Like it really is like weight is not a behavior. God, that's such a good line. You're welcome. You, that could be your new tagline. I love it. Well, I mean, honestly, I think what I tell a lot of my clients, obviously, because my clients come in and they're very vulnerable about their bodies yes. in the capacity of like, they're literally stripping down to pretty much nothing. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And in some cases, definitely nothing. Yes. But it's it's a very interesting thing to be able to go in and I tell my clients your weight is the least interesting thing about you mm -hmm. because like that it means nothing to me it means absolutely nothing to me because it doesn't tell me like what your laugh sounds like it doesn't tell me like how well you love other people it doesn't tell me like what type of hugs you give like it doesn't tell me any of these things about you whatsoever yes. which are the important things and like even though like and everybody's like oh boudoir is just like these like sexy photos whatever they're really literally all that matters in boudoir is you like in yeah. the photos like I want to to see yourself in your best form and again that has nothing to do with your weight like that can be like you just absolutely freaking feeling yourself and like being rocking great hair and makeup doing whatever and at the end of the day like I because obviously I shoot in destinations all over all over um people are like oh well what's it gonna look like and I'm like it doesn't matter like it, yeah. nothing else matters. Literally the lingerie doesn't matter. Nothing matters. What matters is like the person being photographed. And if I can like show their personality. And then again, that has nothing to do with their weight Absolutely. whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like people, even like someone having diabetes, like that doesn't show, like 
doesn't like so there's not like a causal relationship there might be a correlation but it's not causal so like weight does not cause diabetes if that were true everyone in larger bodies would have diabetes and no one in a smaller body would have diabetes and that's just not true like i see diabetes like completely across the board i mean and people will comment on my post and be like oh i was diagnosed with in a smaller body and i had no advice my doctors had nothing to give me and it's like, wow, so you have someone in a smaller body. Because their first bit of advice is lose weight. <laughs> exactly. So, like, if their only advice is to lose weight and you have someone in a smaller body and they're like, dang, like, I have diabetes, what do I do? And they're just like, Meh. I don't know. Right. You know, like, how crazy right. is that? Like, it's just, it just, it's very backwards. It is very backwards. And I think that that's, like, again, obviously what you're saying, like your Instagram blew up and like, I love watching your stories and seeing and all of your reels and seeing all that stuff. Because again, what you're saying is like, these habits are things that you can change that are going to better balance what you're eating, regardless of if you do have diabetes or if you have, you know, anything like just the small changes of like balancing. I wish we were taught nutrition in like school, like just yeah, basic yeah. school of like, I feel the same the way ratios. about taxes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Sign me up for <laughs> right. taxes. If I could have t- learned about taxes when I was like 16 yeah, and like yeah. actually learn, like just like how to do them. Step right. one. Taxes and I understand, I understand it gets a lot harder when you're like us and you own your own business. But like, if I could have just like the basics of taxes and like balancing a checkbook which is not a thing anymore because we have the internet but like <laughs> like doing those things like god sign me up like 16 year olds need to know how to do that and I also think that people who are like 16 17 really need to learn how to like again balance food in the way of like like I had a foods class in high school but it was like here's how to bake a thousand things and like right, right, right. here's you know you know what everybody has a personal project that's like bring in something from your heritage and blah 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 and we'll <laughs> learn how to cook this recipe but like cool I learned how to make pasta in that class right. but like the, I got zero nutritional anything out of anything in that class and I think it would have been so useful because most 17 and 18 year olds are getting ready to head out in the world and honestly have no idea what to do. (laughs) Yes. And most, I mean, I know I was raised around like a mom who dieted all the time and, you know, was always on a new diet was all in. I remember being like 16 or 17, like just watching my mom, like never caring, never thinking that her body was good enough, never thinking that she was beautiful enough. I mean, she always related the two that weight and beauty went together. And, you know, so I remember being 16 or 17, wishing that like, I had the education and the understanding that, you know, body weight is not everything and diets don't need to, you know, you don't need to be on restrictive diets, etc. Because I know my siblings and I have all struggled with our relationship with food. And a lot of that stems from how you were raised around food, um, and how you were raised around people talking about their bodies, etc. And I think it's really cool because, you know, our social media now, like, you know, 16 and 17 year olds are on Instagram and that can be a blessing in a lot of ways because there's so many cool intuitive eating counselors, intuitive eating dietitians, health at every size that, you know, if they're struggling with that at home, they can go to these social media places and right. find and some have really resources. positive. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, there's some really negative things on social media as well as far as like yes. body goes and things, but 
you know, that I don't, that's for another time. (laughs) That is for another, that's a whole other conversation, but it is. I think that honestly, like we're a very lucky generation that like, well, we are. And then I, I've said this before on the podcast. I've said this in general. Like, I'm honestly super envious of Gen Z because they just, like, have their shit together. Yes. Because yeah. they were, like, born and raised with the internet. And they have, like, so much knowledge at their fingertips at sure. all points in time. And they're not afraid to talk about that knowledge. Whereas, like, I feel like so much of other knowledge is just, like, just like hush hush like when you learn something you can't you didn't like when we were teenagers it's not like you just automatically shared it maybe you shared it with your close friend group that's like five people if you learned something cool or new but like or like you know dove into something that was like oh this is an interesting subject whatever if you're a teenager now you're like okay cool here's this tiktok that then is going to change my algorithm to show all me all show me all of these other things and like and then like instagram and being able to see like different things on your feed and and through reels and like all this other stuff and you can just like again algorithms track what you're watching track what you're doing and be able to like tailor things for you again can be super harmful but can also be super helpful (laughs) i always tell people like like clear your social media feed like fill your social media feed with people that make you feel good and that people that bring you like happiness when you see their posts like that don't make you feel like they're comparing and they're like belittling you because you know if you're you know fill your feed with people of all body sizes like I feel like things like that are really helpful because social media is so big now it's true and I, I even that like fill your feed with people of all body sizes just like if you are looking at social media and only seeing people who look like you and are saying the same things as you you need to follow some new people <laughs> absolutely. absolutely yeah cuz you're you're stuck you know you're not you're in an echo chamber no exactly exactly yeah so it's it's so it's such a like um an amazing benefit for the next generation honestly it's it's really cool to see and it's really cool to watch and I'm like a little bit envious of them (laughs) I know know. to be honest I I I am too (laughs) and they also like all of them skipped the awkward like preteen I know I I love this I, I love will resent them for that forever. <laughs> yeah, I love those memes where it's like, why are they not going through an ugly phase? And like, you know, right? Like, none of them had an ugly phase. None of them were like, oh my god, blue eyeliner is the best thing on the face yes. of the planet. And let yes. me try and like put ringlet curls in my bangs. Let's see how that goes. Yes. Like, they That's don't. So they funny. didn't. If they did it, it wasn't shared on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't see it. Truly, like even when I was photographing seniors, which is like not something I've done in a while, but like these seniors would show up and I was like, who is this model? Like what? (laughs) Like wearing like these like super cute flowy sundresses and like crop tops and cute jeans and for their senior photos. And I'm like, my mother would have never let me out of the house in a crop top. No, no, no. 100%. Never. That's so funny. Much less for photos. Are you kidding? She would have been like, uh-uh, go back, change. <laughs> yeah, and also I'm taking photos of you with my with my disposable camera. <laughs> That's all right. you're getting. Right, and we're going to turn the flash on. It's going to look great. Go stand against that rock and smile. <laughs> Why aren't you smiling correctly? Look it up like, in that, that tree. Is, yeah. <laughs> so exactly <funny>. that. <laughs> yes. They, this generation didn't have that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. 
So, okay. So something else that I want to hear more about, which, because I think it's so incredibly important is health at every size. Can you speak on that a little bit? For sure. So the, um, I mean, the whole health at every size movement is basically, you know, that everyone at any body size can have positive health. Right. And so I, I take that into my business in a way of like, I don't assume anything about anybody. You know, I think that's really important. You know, someone can come to me and it doesn't matter their body size. I'm not going to assume anything. I don't assume they drink soda. I don't assume, you know, all these things that people get assumed of. Like a lot of my clients will tell me like, I went to the doctor and they said, stop eating carbs and start exercising. And they're like, I do exercise, you know? So that doctor is assuming that they don't do things based on their body size. And so that is unfortunately a big experience I've had with doctors. I think I touched on it on another episode. I went in for, um, I had a sinus infection. I generally get one every summer because I'm Mm -hmm. allergic to sage. And when the sagebrush starts blooming, I like want to die um so I went into the doctor for a sinus infection and she was like I'm really concerned because you're morbidly obese and I was like okay but I I can't breathe and my ears hurt really bad and that doesn't actually have anything to do with what I weigh (laughs) right no Um, and she was like well we need to get like blood tests done for you and all this other stuff and I was like honestly please just like look at my ears like that's really what I'm asking you and she was like I just I'm really concerned and I wanted and I looked at her and I said you don't know anything about me because at that point I was going to CrossFit five days a week with a personal trainer like if I can deadlift 200 pounds like I think I'm doing okay I'm pretty strong and yeah yeah, Yeah. my muscle weighs a lot and my thighs are really big but like that doesn't mean that I'm entirely unhealthy Yeah. No. And, you know, so like, you know, when a client comes to me, like, I'm like, what do you eat for breakfast? What do you eat for lunch? What do you drink throughout the day? Like we talk about those ins and outs instead of like, because I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea. And I do not judge people based on anything. Like I don't, you know, people think, oh, you're a dietitian. You must care what everyone's eating. Like you can ask my friends, my family, like I literally could care less what someone's eating. Like I never comment on anything because it's not my business. And unless someone says, Hey, what do you think about this? Like, I'll give my professional opinion, but you know, I, so working in the diabetes space is really hard because diabetes is not many illnesses are blamed on weight and blaming the person. Right. But diabetes is like, we don't blame someone for having cancer. We don't blame someone for having certain conditions, but we do blame, not me, but we in a society blame people yep. for having diabetes. And so when people come to me, my whole goal with the health of at every size is to make people feel like they can achieve healthy blood sugars without pursuing weight loss. And where they're at right now, at their weight, at I'm just going to meet them where they're at. And I don't ask my clients to weigh themselves. They can if they want to because body autonomy, you know, if they are pursuing weight loss on their own, that's totally fine. But my goal is to get their blood sugar stable. Like having elevated blood sugars can be really detrimental to your health and to your body regardless of your weight. So in someone in a smaller body, if they have really high blood sugars, I'm not like, oh, but you know, your weight's down. So that's great. Like that's just 
so naive and such lazy medical advice. So, I mean, I could talk about it for hours, but like, it's, <laughs> I like that. It's, it's lazy medical advice. I think that's so true. Like, yes, it is to, for someone to come in and, you know, they're like, you have diabetes, you need to lose weight, cut carbs and exercise. See you in six months. That is lazy. It's completely lazy because you don't know what they're eating. You don't know how much they're exercising. You don't know their level of insulin resistance. I mean, there's so many factors. Maybe they're really stressed out. Maybe they're not sleeping. I mean, there are so many things that go into your blood sugars being elevated. And so when it buckles down to like losing weight and like cutting out carbs, it just drives me nuts because that like how successful are people with that kind of advice? Like they're obviously not very successful because my business is really successful because people are like, I don't know what to do. Like I'm so lost, you know? Right. Well, and I I feel like just the whole like, hey, cut carbs, it's going to like make you, that's just not sustainable, like for your, (laughs) for anything. And like, and it is, it's, it's because it is like, so like you said, it's lazy medical advice and it's lazy medical advice, like rooted in toxic diet culture. Yes. Yeah. And And at the end of the day, people aren't getting the help that they need and people's blood sugars and their bodies are suffering because of it. And, you know, having elevated blood sugars is very detrimental. I mean, it can cause nerve damage. It can cause kidney damage. It can cause brain damage, issues with your heart. I mean, so we're talking like very major organs being affected. Like the last thing I care about is telling someone to lose weight. Like I am worried about getting their blood sugars down into a healthy range and then feeling confident to like make choices every single day. I don't know if you saw, but on, so on my Instagram, I had, I compare fast food. I don't compare fast food, but I like show how to balance your blood sugars at a fast food restaurant, you know? So if you go to Chick-fil-A. people travel or people, you know, people go places. It's not like you just all sit at home and only grocery shop and never have, like at some point, People don't have access to a kitchen for one reason or another. And, And, you know, some people don't have access to grocery stores. Like think of people who have to travel 30, 45, 60 minutes to get to a grocery store. Like, but maybe they have a McDonald's down the street. I mean, you have to work with where people are at. And so I did a post on fast food and this carnivore diet account has like 180,000 followers decided he was going to take one of those, tag me in it and say like that I was killing people and I am like a poor excuse for a dietitian. Anyways, oh so and if he hadn't have tagged me, I would have never seen it and no one could have ever found my Instagram, right? But he did tag me. So my Instagram was blowing up for like four days, people threatening my life, people threatening me, people saying like, I'm what's wrong with the world. I mean, it was crazy. I'm like, you feel so strongly about me posting about McDonald's. Like when, like that just shows your privilege. Like, so that's great for you that you can walk down the street to a Whole Foods, but what about people? Can I guess that this was like a middle-aged white dude? (laughs) It was, it was. And I ended up blocking him and I blocked so many people, but I was like, your privilege is shining so strong right now because you've obviously never worked with someone who doesn't have access to food and the only access they have are fast food restaurants and I just it was just nuts but you know I still stood by the post and I went on my stories the next day and I'm like I still stand by this like I will continue to post things that are going to help people because 
that's why I'm here. Like, I'm not here to tell people that you have to cook every meal at home. That's not doable. That's not realistic for people. It's not even realistic for me. And I'm a dietitian, you know, like I like to go out and eat and I like to stop and grab random food and not, you know, and be able to understand how that's going to affect me or my blood sugars. Right. So yeah, I'm always going to bring, bring the truth. And, and I I love that. I think that it's so refreshing because there really is. There's just so – so I recorded another podcast episode, um, just a solo episode by myself, and I was actually talking about how this is really the first time in my life that I've eaten freely and I mm-hmm. haven't um, – I'm leaning a lot more into like – I don't want to say like intuitive eating, but like I eat when I'm hungry and I eat what I want and that's that. And like – that's it. And I have never in my life, I'm going to be 33. I've never done that. I have always in wow. the back of my mind, heard a nagging voice. That's like, well, you shouldn't eat that because it's too many carbs right. or this is too fattening or, you know, this is going to do like constantly. And in the last like year, I've really focused on like, Hey, like, uh, this is what I, I'm really good at. And like the, I don't want to be like, I force myself to eat breakfast because I'm like, okay, breakfast is important and protein is a good thing. But right. like, I'm not, I'm not a morning breakfast person. Like yeah. it takes me like an hour after I wake up to even like want something. But it's just like, it's, it's one of those things that like I, when I had that realization, cause I was kind of like racking my brain of like, oh, what am I going to p- talk about for more podcast episodes when I'm doing these solo episodes? And I was like, I really should talk about this because like, it's mind blowing to me that in my thirties is the first time I've like not consciously been like, oh, I shouldn't do that because it's because this diet or this person or this whatever told me so. And that's so crazy to me. Um, And it's, you know, it comes back to just like, it shouldn't be that way. (laughs) It really shouldn't be that way. Like that diet culture is so ingrained into everything that we do. And like you were saying of like growing up and what you see and what influences you and how all of that like makes you conscious of what's going into your body and I've definitely discussed it on the podcast here before like my grandmother is a huge reason that I've had like I don't want to say a lot of body issues but like she is my worst critic Mm -hmm. on the face of the planet I still love her an incredible amount but like she's a lot and she's very much so like in the height of me being super sick and before I was actually diagnosed with my ulcerative colitis like I could Mm -hmm. barely keep food down I was having such a hard time with obviously like keeping food and nutrients in my body I was essentially having a gigantic flare-up which I had no idea what it was because I was 19 and I lost a lot of weight dramatically very dramatically I lost over 40 pounds in a month and that's not healthy (laughs) in any way shape or form and everything like people just kept coming back to me and being like oh my god you look so good and I was like great I feel like shit right I feel absolutely terrible (laughs) like I'm not doing well it's a struggle for me to like eat a pack of saltines on a regular basis and and my body was just rejecting absolutely everything and my grandmother comes in and she was like but you just look so good and I'm like, you are, you are so part of this. You are so right. part of this reason. And that, that nagging voice in my head of what I eat and what I'm not eating and all of these other things. And so to literally be at this point in my life where I'm like, I just eat what I want <laughs> and I'm, yes. I, I make conscious choices of like, okay, I like chicken and I like asparagus and I like, like I eat a lot of the same things because I like them, but like, I don't like carrots. I'm never going to eat carrots and I don't like raw carrots specifically. If they're in some really good like stew, sign me up, but like. <laughs> right, I'm not going to snack on them. 
Exactly. And people are like, oh, make healthier choices. Eat raw vegetables. I'm like, I don't like raw vegetables. That's just like what I don't like. So I'm not going to eat them. So I'm not going to buy them so they can like mold in the bottom of my fridge where I'm going to pretend that I'm going to eat them because the grocery store clerk is judging me. (laughs) Right. Right. You're like, because I know I'm not going to. I know I'm not going to. (laughs) And I think that that's that's a huge thing of like, I, I feel like so many people are pressured into like, well, I need to buy these things and I need to eat these things specifically because society tells me that this is what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. I had a, it's so like hard. you brought up carrots because I had a client tell me that she was eating carrots with her lunch because, you know, we talked about increasing her fiber because fiber really helps with your blood sugars. And so we were talking about that. And so Then she told me, she's like, yeah, I was like gagging carrots down. And I'm like, what? Why are you gagging carrots down? Like, that is not what we talked about. (laughs) No. (laughs) Not expect that of you. Like, and so we talked about like other high fiber food. She goes, oh yeah, I do like this. I do like that. I'm like, okay, throw the carrots away. Like, I do (laughs) not want you to gag on them. Like, you know, we just kind of talked about, like I had mentioned carrots because they're easy to like keep in the fridge. So I had told her, you know, keep something on hand like carrots. (laughs) And so I guess she (laughs) like that was the end all be all and I was like no like fiber is fiber however you want to get that in it doesn't matter absolutely you know that's what's important she's like oh okay and it's just like but yeah people and people are conditioned to think that the less calories I eat the better and I tell people that work with me because you know so adding like fat fiber and protein to your meals can really help you make you feel satisfied longer and also help with your blood sugars and absolutely that is like fat is is the like villain in everything and like it's not like okay so you're gonna eat an avocado and tell me that that was a terrible thing for you like no (laughs) no no and it's funny because I'll tell people like oh you should add peanut butter to this you should add you know, avocado to this. And they're like, Oh, what about the calories? I'm like, what about your blood sugars? Like, I'm not worried about the calories. I am worried about your blood sugars coming down. That is what, and avocado and nuts and, you know, these healthy fats, those are what's going to help get your blood sugars down. Not low calorie eating the lowest possible. Like, you know, as a society, we have to change that. Like, Oh, the less I eat, the better, the lower calorie I eat, the better, because that's not necessarily true for almost anybody. Yeah. And I think that that's like, like even going back to like what you were saying, like McDonald's. Okay. So, or even just like a burger in general, people are like, Oh, I mean, I'll just, I'll get a salad instead. And I'm like, okay, I have most of the same elements. You have more leafy greens, (laughs) but like I have protein. I have cheese. Uh, I have lettuce. I have tomatoes. I have onions. I have all these things and, and some bread. Like what is like, there's, I mean, a salad is lettuce. If you have croutons, there's your bread. If you have tomatoes and zucchinis and cucumbers and, or whatever you want in there, you have your vegetables, but like, and probably some cheese on top because let's not kid ourselves. Parmesan belongs on everything. Um, (laughs) Exactly. So, but it's just like, it's, I mean, it's a different way of of people are like, they'll, I'll just see people be like, oh, okay. And I'm like, I'm like, there's nothing like, I don't eat this for three meals a day. No. And even if I did, it would be okay. Right, (laughs) exactly. Like, (laughs) yeah. And it wouldn't, that's like, yeah, judging people's food drives me nuts. And it's really funny being a dietitian in the world because 
like my family knows that I don't judge people's food. So they're never like, oh, don't look at my plate, you know, because they they know right. like I do not care and I will not comment on your food because I truly don't care. Like I'm too busy, like getting my own plate of food. <laughs> like I just don't. Right. Care. You're like, excuse oh, me, feed me. <laughs> yeah, I'm hungry over here. And but, you know, like at work at, at the clinic I'm at, like at a potluck, they'll be like, oh, what are the dietitians eating? Oh, you know, don't look at my plate. And I'm like, you cannot believe how much I don't care what you're eating. <laughs> like, right. like you'll never in, but it's just interesting being in the world as a dietitian because people truly think that like, that's where my energy goes. And I'm like, it doesn't, it really doesn't. I don't care. It really doesn't. And it's, and I think, I mean that just in that way too. Cause even like I have clients come in that are like, Oh, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm self-conscious of my stomach or I'm self-conscious of my arms. And like, and they're like, I know you just, you know, you're so body positive. So you don't understand. And I'm like, okay, that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you can be body positive and still have like your own, you know, issues and like your own Absolutely. way of eating. You and you can be a dietitian and still eat whatever you want and not judge yes, your siblings. And, I will still <laughs> and you can judge me if you want to, but I'm not going to judge you even though I'm a dietitian. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's such a, it's such an, and again, that's something that's just been bred into us from the media and diet culture. And it's, it's so crazy. So mm-hmm. it drives me insane. So it I want to ask, like, what is tell me some of your like I don't want to be like give me your most shocking facts <laughs> but like like let's talk about some of these like <laughs> give, give me the tea um <laughs> let's talk about just like some like really big misconceptions around I don't want to say food in general but like obviously we've been talking about health at every size and balancing blood sugars and obviously you can do that in any meal that you do if you're balancing things correctly but like let's talk about some of your like most shocking misconceptions because <laughs> oh I want to hear them <laughs> let's see. well a huge myth and misconception is that you can't eat carbohydrates and I've had people of like Hispanic descent right tell me that they were told not to eat tortillas, beans, rice, like these cultural foods that like are uh, deeply rooted in who they are. Uh, that yeah, drives no. me nuts. Every time I'm shocked every time I hear it because I just cannot believe that like that's being told to someone, you know, it's or telling someone who's, you know, Italian not to eat pasta or bread. It's It's just, so that's pretty crazy. Right. I guess I didn't even like think about that. Like, because uh, yeah. I'm just, you know, white and whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's just such an interesting concept of like, I guess, yeah, like somebody being told like, hey, don't eat this because it's bad for you. But it's our cultural heritage. So, you know, it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Another crazy thing is that um, weight, unintentional weight loss can in someone who has diabetes can actually be a symptom of high blood sugars. So I've right. had people come into the clinic and they have like unintentional weight loss. And the doctors are like, great, you've lost 30 pounds. See you later. And their blood sugars are like running rampant and like they are super high. And it just drives me nuts. Like that is a symptom of having high blood sugar is this unintentional weight loss. But because it's weight loss, it's being praised. But this person like could 
like go into a coma, you know, it like, and I saw that a lot in my internship where, you know, patients were coming in an ICU with really high blood sugars and they were like pretty much comatose. And like the families are like, yeah, they lost a ton of weight. We just thought they were exercising. And I'm like, what? Like you, yeah. like this person looks really unhealthy. Like they've lost a ton of weight in such a short period of time. So that's kind of an interesting fact that people don't know is that unintentional weight loss and high blood sugars go hand in hand. Right. And that's, I mean, like, and like I said, when I was talking about like when I was in college and my ulcerative colitis wasn't diagnosed yet, like that was a thing is that I just lost a lot of weight really quickly. And I'm sure I probably had blood sugars way out of whack, but it was more of my body being like, we are angry. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. We are angry. Yeah. This is not okay. Yeah. And you know, I always tell people like, if your body is responding, like whether you have, you know, elevated blood sugars or like a flare up of, you know, ulcerative colitis or, you know, your body's telling you something like something is not working the way that it needs it to. So I think coming from like a non-judgmental place is important too. you know, like I always tell people like, don't, if your blood sugars are high, don't beat yourself up. Like your body's just trying to tell you something. It's just a data point. Like, okay, my blood sugar is this. What can I do differently to support this tomorrow or at my next meal versus like, you know, oh, I can't ever eat that again because my blood sugars were elevated. You know, your body is always trying, is very smart. It's trying to tell you something. Um, and it's important to listen and, you know, follow its cues. And that gets that gets kind of lost in diet culture as well. Well, and I, I love what you just said that, like, being able to, like, people wanting to shun something forever because of something like that. And it, it, it's so important, like, just because... Like if your blood sugars are out of whack, it might not even be what you're eating specifically. It could be what you ate yesterday. So tomorrow is a new day and, and a new hour is a new hour from now. You know, you can change those things so honestly, minute by minute. And and that's so incredibly important. And I had chatted about this in a different episode of literally being like, if you have a bad morning, you can still have a good afternoon and a good evening. Even if you had a bad like 8 a.m., that doesn't mean you can't ha you can't have a good 10 a.m. Like, exactly. and I think that's really important in the aspect of not just the mental shift of like, like moving forward with that, that but like in anybody who's struggling with their body and struggling to regulate anything, that just because you had a bad 8 a.m. doesn't mean that you can't have a good 10 a.m. Like two hours from now, your whole everything could be different. And what are you doing to like incrementally change that versus what are you doing to overall change that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. And, and it's so important. Like that lesson in itself is so important in every aspect of like moving forward with our lives and but also exactly. what you eat and and how you feel about yourself and choosing positive things for you or like you had a bad interaction this morning so you can have better interactions this afternoon like there's no limit on what can be good versus what is inherently bad and like the thing is food is not inherently bad conversation and conflicts aren't inherently bad they're conversation and their communication and like you know different yeah. things like that it can apply to every single thing in our lives that like again just because something's bad right now doesn't mean that it has to be in two hours or even 10 minutes from now if you take it and it's not an inherently bad thing absolutely yeah <sighs> I agree. Yes. Um, yes I mean again <laughs> talk about a lot is like the good and bad you know like referring I don't even let my clients say like oh my blood sugars were bad I'm like oh let's reframe that because how is that helpful to you like you know, you're not bad because your blood sugars are high. Like that, 
those those two things don't go hand in hand. So they'll be like, so like if they message me or they're like, oh, my blood sugars were so bad. I'm like, hold on, (laughs) let's reframe that. And they're like, okay, my blood sugars were a little elevated. Like they kind of know that I'm going to, I'm going to call them out. I'm going to make them bad and elevated are not the same words. They're not even in the same family. (laughs) Exactly. And like the feel of them are completely different. Like saying my blood sugars are bad almost says like I'm bad. Like I'm a bad person because these are elevated. But if you're saying like, oh, my blood sugars are elevated, that's a that's a fact. Like you can look at your blood sugars and yes. say that they're elevated. So the two things like definitely hold different energy for sure. Absolutely. I that really like the way that you're saying that with like the word bad, like it I, I've worked a lot this year on reclaiming the word fat. Like, I'm a big girl. Let's not get ourselves. Like, my butt probably weighs 40 pounds, but, like, <laughs> it's fine because I put on, like, skinny jeans and everybody's like, damn, girl. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. Okay. So, which is totally okay. That has, but, it, so I've worked really hard on reclaiming the word fat into my vocabulary and feeling comfortable with describing myself as fat because fat isn't inherently bad, but people really think that it is like the worst thing on the face of the planet to be fat. Yes. I follow tons of very cool like therapists and dietitians who talk a lot about that. Like, you know, that fat is not a bad word and, you know, we're raised to think it is. And you're right. Right. We're raised to think that fat is the worst thing you can be. And I don't agree with that at all. I mean, I can name a million things that are worse than, you know, being fat. Right. And And that fat, like calling someone fat or saying like, oh, I'm fat or whatever is not a negative thing. And I follow this dietitian who works a lot with like kids and she talks about, you know, if your kid calls someone fat, you don't have to say like, oh, don't say that. Like, it's not a naughty word, right? Like, it's just like, you know, trying to normalize some of these words so that we stop perpetuating that it's like such a bad thing, you know? Um, Exactly. I'm really glad that you are trying to reclaim that. And I mean, that can take a lot of work, especially with what you're saying, you know, how you were raised and talked to and stuff. That's really challenging. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's been a challenge throughout this year and there's definitely moments where I'm like, do I actually like this word or am I just like yeah, yeah. defiance reclaiming it? Because right. well, maybe but, and it, a little both. <laughs> honestly, yeah, some, some a little bit of both. And it's like, um, in pitch perfect <laughs> of all movies, <laughs> um, fat Amy. And she's like, yeah. I call myself fat because if I say it, then it doesn't hurt when other people say it. Mm-hmm. And I really think that there's a lot that comes into that of, of reclamation of words or, or, or choosing our, our vocabulary choices, yes. um, of like, like, cool. At this point, if somebody was like, okay, you're fat, I'd be like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and like, you can't hurt me with words like that. But like, God, I mean, if we go back to like, you know, prepubescent, like if somebody said that to me in middle school, I would have been devastated for, for days. Sure. And here's the thing is that I, w- I was 100% called fat in middle school and I weighed nothing, like right. nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, they're super mean, like regardless of, of anything. Yeah. No. And I mean, I, I just love the people I follow who are like, who just really talk about it. Like, this is what it is. Like, it's not a bad word. And, you know, I 100% would teach my kids the same thing. Like, you know, and that, you know, we don't have to put fat on such a pedestal where it's like, Oh, that's so bad. Like, you know, that that's like an unspoken word. It doesn't need, it doesn't need to be that nor like, 
is that helpful, right? Exactly. No, it's not. And, and that's the thing is that at the end of the day, it's not helpful to villainize a word like that. No, no, not at, at all. all. <laughs> at all. It's, it's, it's just, oh, society. <laughs> Look at us working on changing some perspectives. I'm proud of us. <laughs> I, know. I know. And, you know, like, um, it's also like, you know, I follow some intuitive eating counselors and stuff who, you know, pe- people are mean to them because they're thin, right? And so it's right. like, oh, how do you know how I feel? You know, you've never struggled with your weight or you, you know, and it's like, that's kind of the same, you know, it's like, it's like, yep. you know, being in like a, a straight size body is a lot different than being in a bigger body. And I think like owning that, like that's a privilege, right? As you know, like, me, for example, like I can get on a plane comfortably. I go into a store and I'm going to find something that fits me. So I can't speak to how some other people feel when they go to a store. I remember you posting actually something about this yeah, on your Facebook. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I was like, wow, that really, like, it, it really made me think like, you know, that privilege is so real that, you know, if I go into a store, I'm going to be able to find something that fits me. And there are so many people out there who can't do that. And owning that privilege and understanding that, like, if I go to the doctor, people aren't going to like harp on me, but you know, my clients go to the doctor and that's all they talk about. Just like you said with your sinus infection. So that's a privilege that like, I see a lot of dietitians and counselors and stuff saying is like, you know, I'm in a straight size body, so I can't speak to A, B, and C, and I haven't had those lived experiences. Right. And I think that the big thing with that is like, if you haven't had those lived experiences yourself, going back to what we were saying, following people on social media who have had those lived experiences and not like combatively telling them that they're wrong because your experience is different. And I think that that's something that like I experience a lot not necessarily personally, but like just like read in yeah. general. I'm honestly like for the fact that I run a group of like 10,000 people and have uh, we were we were discussing this before we started recording four Instagrams. Um, yeah. like, I'm really like not on social media very often. <laughs> I am not. It's like it's a very much like it's a business thing. And like yeah. there's very like there's so much to it. But being able to like I just read. I read so much. I read people's different experiences. I read. I'm in groups. I'm in everything from like, obviously, like business photography groups to like plus size women groups. Like I'm in all of these different groups, gardening Mm -hmm. groups, all of it. So just having these like different experiences and being able to read people's different experiences about how they're treated, like no matter what. I do or say I cannot negate what they're saying in the fact that like they're speaking their own truth period mm-hmm. and 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 it can be so incredibly different because I and sometimes privilege plays into it a lot of times privilege plays into it let's not kid ourselves but like yeah. there's there's so much that goes on but like just because somebody has a different experience from you doesn't mean that it's not valid and i see a lot of that like like oh no that can't possibly be from people when it's like but are you listening to what they're saying or are yeah. you just being yeah. like nope that didn't happen because i haven't experienced it and that's such 
bullshit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's actually this um, dietitian I follow and she does like, she specializes in like binge eating and she's just a beautiful human. And um, she was talking about someone left a really mean comment on one of her posts. And they said like, you have an ideal body for society. So you can't struggle with body image or something along those lines. Cause she was talking about how she went through like a body image course to better serve her clients, but also herself. Yeah. And I just thought like, like, that's crazy to say, like, yes, her body is more of a standard, but like, doesn't mean she can't have her own like issues and her own like body image issues. Right. Um, and we all do. Yeah. That's the thing. It's yeah. like at the end of the day, it does not matter what size you are. We all have things that we're self-conscious about. Yes. Will I say that fat, we're, and I, I don't want to be like, let's exclude men from this conversation for the moment, but we're both women. So we're going to talk about women, but like, yes. can I say that fat women are persecuted for being fat more than for skinny women being not as fat? Like right. we're all, right. we're all persecuted by society for our size, no matter what size you are, period. Yeah. And I will stand by that statement and I will fight over that statement because we are all persecuted about our bodies in some way, shape or form. I have so many friends who are like a size zero because that's just literally what their natural body is. And they're like, oh, you need to eat more. You need to do this. Like you need to. Yeah. And, but if they gain weight, people are like, oh my God, did you gain weight? What's going on? Yeah. What's wrong with yeah. you? Like, it's just that, like, what? No, you can't win. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. And like, and that is as, as women, we are all persecuted for our bodies. And I will say within this body positive movement, and we've had, I've had some like very intense discussions with a lot of people who are close to me. And I will literally tell them you are fat shaming. And they're like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, no, but you are like, and mm -hmm. as the fat person here, you need to listen to what I'm saying because you haven't lived the experiences that I have. I'm not saying that you haven't struggled with your body, but you haven't lived the experiences that I have right. living in a fat body. Right. Right. And it's just like, and there's a lot of like, I feel like the world would be a better place when we can like open up and actually listen to those conversations. But I also think that people need to stop invalidating others' experiences just because they haven't experienced it. Exactly. I agree. The way you put that is perfect. That's exactly right. Ah, oh, yes. So many. <laughs> so many good things. So many good things that we need to <laughs> just do as a society. <laughs> For sure. 100%. 100%. So, okay. So let me ask you about yourself and your body. So let's talk about like moving into the realm of being a dietitian and obviously living in the world of health at every size. I don't want to be like, do you struggle with your body? Because I know everybody <laughs> does. So that's a yeah. silly question and I'm not going to ask it. Um, but I want to be like, uh, the question that I generally ask everybody is like, when did you kind of come into your own with your own body and feel more comfortable and feel more confident in, in being yourself and existing, especially like you said, like there are, I mean, I know that there are nutritionists that are not doing the work that you're doing. And I know that there are obviously people that you've learned from in an education sphere and in a formal education sphere who are not living and existing in the way that you are, even what you were saying, like clinical and doctors being lazy and yeah. different things like that. And, and when did you kind of come to terms with that and, and the, the toxic diet culture that we live in? <laughs> you know, that's, it's an interesting question because I've never, I've never aligned with it 
but you know, my, my schooling and my clinical work has always been very diet culture I mean, I used to counsel people on weight loss. I, you know, um, the clinic I work at that I'm actually trying to get out of is very, very toxic in diet culture. I mean, there are signs up on the wall that say strong is the new skinny. I mean, when I say like diet culture, I mean Ugh. like to the T and I've always known it didn't align with me. I mean, even in my internship, I was like, wow, like I just, you know, I don't like that weight loss is the main focus. And, you know, and then growing up with a mom who never, who I've always thought was like stunning, but your mom never is gorgeous. Yes, <laughs> I know your mom and I love her and she is gorgeous. <laughs> yes. And she is one of the most beautiful humans in the world, but you know, her never seeing that her always being on diets. I mean, you know, my brothers struggled with food and so did my sister and I, because it's just like, it's just like you, you, that's all you hear. I mean, my mom was always on a diet. She was always trying to lose weight. She was always cutting food groups out. And I always knew that that affected me. And I mean, I had been in therapy for it. And so as I got older, I was like, wow, I don't want to carry that like to my kids or like, you know, right. in my relationships or anything. And so, you know, getting in the the industry I did was kind of like weird because I like didn't want that, but then that's all I was in. And right. so I felt really lost, to be honest, in my career, up, kind of up until I started my business, just because I knew I wanted to help people and I was working in the diabetes space. And I, you know, if clients that I saw at the clinic weren't really wanting weight loss, then we wouldn't talk about it. And that felt really good. Like it felt good to send them home with goals that were very attainable and and, you know, versus like, oh, lose two pounds and, you know, we'll check your weight right. next time. Yeah. Like that never felt good for me. And so I feel that the revelation I've come in with my career is kind of new and it feels really good um, and feels a lot more aligned with me. And I can't say that like I've always, I mean, you know, when you're raised from, by a mom who diets, it's really hard to ever think that your body is good and that, yeah. you know, that you are okay existing in the world the way that you are. And so, you know, that's a hard question. I mean, I feel like some days it's really good. And I, I definitely like stand behind the health at every size and I stand behind like advocating for people, but sometimes when it comes to ourselves, we're a little bit harder, you know, it's a little oh, bit yeah. harder. Oh gosh. Yes. You're preaching to the choir for that one. Yes, for sure. <laughs> because people are like, you know, Carly, you're the most like positive person on the face of the planet. And like, you just love everything about yourself. And I'm like, mm, yes, but also no. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. And so, you know, I feel like some days I, you know, still struggle with body image and, you know, I've had to build a lot of boundaries around my mom talking about her weight and, you know, she's so much better than she used to be, but that's also how she was raised. You know, her yeah. mom was the same way. And I know, so, you know, that really resonates with me because I know that that's where she learned it and I appreciate her for trying to unlearn it. And so, you know, some days are great and some days aren't. And I think that we all have that. I don't think that you're ever just completely cured and that your body image is wonderful and you just feel yep. so good about yourself. I think that it comes in waves. And so, yeah, I, and I, you know, I try and take my own advice that I give people, you know, and like you were right. saying, like, you know, people's weight is the least interesting thing about them and people's bodies are the least interesting thing about them. And, you know, I always tell people to focus on health behaviors and like, I try and take that into my own life. Like if I know I'm not drinking enough water, like I try and be self-aware of that. If I, you know, if I'm not doing these health behaviors that I know make me feel good, then I have to check myself, even though I'm a dietitian and I know these things, like sometimes they fall by the wayside. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, even just the drinking water thing, I relate so hard to that. Like just the last couple days I've like forgot my, I'll drink a full water bottle, like big one in the middle yeah. of the night. I just get like so parched and I will like roll over and be like, ah, cold water and like yeah. <laughs> chug it. And it is my favorite thing. So I like wake up having to pee like nobody's business, but then I like move out into the world and I've like forgotten my water bottle for the last couple of days and I come home and I'm like god why why do I have a headache why do I feel like this why like yeah. whatever and I'm like oh because you haven't drank any water today oh, <laughs> because you forgot okay. your water bottle next to your bed and that's like the constant reminder of like hey drink water <laughs> yes yes yeah and you know it's always hard for us to take our own advice and so I mean I have to be really gentle with myself because as a dietitian it's hard to not be hard on yourself like I'm, I'm preaching nutrition every day. I'm preaching balancing, you know, meals every single day and really helping my clients through so many things. So it's hard on the other end, you know, when you're looking at some, when you're looking from like an inside aspect that, you know, it's hard to not be, beat myself up if something's not balanced or I'm not drinking right. enough water. I'm not exercising because I'm preaching that all day. So I have to give and myself. And your brain is like, I know better. I should be doing exactly. better. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, exactly that. wait, hold on. Like, why I wouldn't say that to my client. Why am I saying that to myself? But it's hard when you're immersed in it and you're doing it every single day. I completely relate to that. Completely relate to that because, because the act of loving yourself and, and, and even before body positivity is body neutrality. Like you have to walk before you can run and like body neutrality, like my body serves me, my body works, my body picks me up every single day and takes me really cool places. My body takes me on cool hikes. My body takes me all these, you know, international places. And I've done a lot of really cool things. And like, that is like, that's so neutral. My body has allowed me to do these things. Not I love my body. Like, because there are definitely times when I've done things that are like, really cool that I'm like, yeah, I really hate my body right now. I remember hiking Angel's Landing in Zion National Mm -hmm. Park and every single step of the way being like, I hate myself. I hate myself so much because I was with one of my very good friends and, and she exists in a straight size body. And she's also, she's also a runner and she was a competitive swimmer and like her sister went to the Olympics for swimming. So like, she's very athletic. Um, and I'm, not like I can yoga pose like nobody's business and I can weight lift like nobody's business, but hiking five miles, a thousand feet vertical, not really my jam. Did I do it? Yes. Did I hate myself the entire way? Absolutely. Yes. When I got finished, was I very proud of myself? Absolutely. Yes. Like those ups and downs with our bodies can happen literally minute to minute, second to second. And even like at that point, like hour to hour that I was like, I hate this. I hate myself. I hate my body. I have this much extra weight on myself. I should be doing this more often because if I did this more often, then I would be better at it and blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the day, it was like, I just did a really, really badass hike. Yeah. Like my body moved and my body existed. It went into like from hatred to neutrality to at the end positivity, but it it takes that arc to get there. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, consistency over perfection. Like I know that 
you know, and we all need to be aware that we're not going to feel good about ourselves 100% of the time. Like, it's just no. not going to happen. Not and even slightly. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like, give yourself grace on those days where you're just not feeling it and knowing, like, well, I have felt good before and, like, I'll feel good again. It's just not today. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to, exactly. you know. And that, and it is what it is. And, you know, just like I teach people with their blood sugars, like maybe today was an off day, but doesn't mean tomorrow is going to be. Because, yeah, I don't think, you know, and like as a dietitian, like people will say like, oh, you're like, you know, I have an older brother and he's a huge smart ass. And I think you've met him before, but yes. he'll be like, oh, of course, Christy brought fruit to like a family dinner or whatever. Like he'll make fun <laughs> of me. And I'm like, but you know, it's almost like, or he'll be like, oh, you're eating that. Like, and he comes from a joking place, but sometimes it's like, wow, I really can't eat something healthy because then it's like, oh, of course you're eating that. And I can't eat something that's less nutrient dense because then it's like, why are you eating that? You know? And I know he's kidding, but there are people in the world who really judge like what dietitians eat and they want to make it known that you know, they're going to, you know, if I'm eating a salad or if I'm eating a cupcake, like they're going to make, they're going to make it known. You know what I mean? Right. And that's, that's such a, that's, I mean, again, I can totally relate because being in the sphere of like a community leader in, in body positivity. And I have so many people constantly looking at me as people are looking at you for what you eat. They're looking at me for what I wear and what I do and how I conduct myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, y'all, it's not, I don't love myself every minute of every day. I've said this a thousand times and I'll say it a thousand times again. I don't love myself every single minute of every single day. It's a really, really, really hard thing to do that. But I love myself most minutes. Right. Not all of them, but most of them. And that's the thing. And But it took me 10 years to get to most minutes instead of some minutes. Right. And, it, right. And, 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 and it took so much to get from neutrality to love. Like those are very different things. Yes. Yeah. They don't. They don't coexist always, unfortunately. They don't. <laughs> they can. They can. Yeah. And I think that as I like as I become more and more positive about my body, as I love my body more and more, I thank it in a neutral way for, thank you for doing these things for me. Thank you for, like today I had a photo shoot, which was absolutely fantastic. Yesterday, my boyfriend and I got massages, which was wonderful. So, but I was like on the floor in this like back bend pose. And I was like, oh, this hurts. And I was like, I should stretch more. I should do all this other stuff. And like it, literally in this moment that I'm having with my client, as I'm directing her and instructing her, I'm going mm-hmm. through all of these things in my head of like, you should be better at this and you should be better at this. And then I was like, I literally stopped myself being like, no, you should be very thankful because since you had a massage yesterday and you took care of your body, it doesn't hurt today to do a pose like this that is extremely uncomfortable. Do I need to stretch stretch my calves more? Absolutely. (laughs) Is it going to change everything that's happening right in this moment? No. (laughs) That's an amazing reframe. I mean, I know it's like, doesn't always come that easy probably, you know, like some days are probably harder than others, but that's an amazing tool to take away for sure. Reframing has changed my life Mm -hmm. because like, I feel like we have so many snap judgments, whether it's about ourselves, whether it's like pick a category, any category, but like we have snap judgments about ourselves more often than when we have snap judgments about other people, because we are constantly, whether we want to admit it or not, thinking about ourselves, overthinking over about other people. Like, 
it really, truly, we think about ourselves way more than anybody else, and that's fine. But other people are not thinking about you as much as you think they are because they're thinking about themselves. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and that reframing is incredibly important in every single way. It's a hard thing, but it's incredibly important because it is when it comes down to like what we're thinking of ourselves and moving forward with ourselves. Other people are not thinking about you is 98% of what I can say. And and that learning to reframe in that way of like, nobody else is judging me for what I'm doing right now. They're just looking and like existing with it, but I'm the one judging myself for these things. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I love that. And being able to reframe is very important. It's very hard. It takes a lot of work, but it's very important. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it does pay off. It really does. It really does. So my next question for you. So what, so even in the sphere of like, like you're saying, having these days that like some days are better than others for you as, you know, yourself and accepting your body. And like you said, going to therapy and working through these notions of diet culture, along with obviously your job. Um, so what resources for you specifically have been influential in being more accepting of yourself um and also and I can pair this in two ways and obviously like resources that you give your clients for learning to be more accepting of themselves and this can be books or people or media or Instagram profiles or whatever like it can be anything that is like an influence that makes you rethink and reframe for yourself, but also ones that you give your clients. So you kind of get the two factor because you actually professionally recommend these things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, I would say Instagram, like there's so many beautiful, like intuitive eating counselors and dietitians on Instagram, health at every size, and they just do amazing work. And that has really helped just like normalize like all bodies and I, I, so I tell people like, you know, my clients, I'll send them like Instagrams that make you feel good and that resonate with you. And I also think, you know, if you have a, an illness like diabetes or something going on, it's important to work with someone that gets it and that can help you through that. And so for me, like, you know, working through the whole diet culture thing with, from my mom, like, you know, I found a therapist that was very in tune with that. And that was really helpful for me. I couldn't have done that work on my own because I was too immersed in it. Like I didn't know better. I mean, that's how I was raised. That's how my grandma was. And so without like, like a professional helping me in that way, I don't think I could have ever like really gotten out of it. And I also think just like I said earlier, filling your social media feed with people that make you feel good. You know, there's dietitians that I used to follow who specialize in weight loss. And I really like like them as people. And I really like a lot of the things they post. And I honestly had to stop following them because it didn't make me feel good. I knew it wouldn't make my clients feel good. And, you know, so even though I'm like, oh, I like what you're posting, but like, it just doesn't resonate with me. Like it doesn't align with me. I can't, I can't really support it. So I think just like filling your life and yeah. your social media feed the best you can do. The important tidbit mm-hmm. of yes. what you said as well is like, this doesn't resonate with me. And I used to follow them. I used to, like, I think the evolution of what we want and, like, who we want to see more of and and move forward with is so incredibly important. And I think that allowing ourselves to be like, I really liked them, but I found that it didn't resonate with me anymore 
is a huge thing. You're still allowed to like them as people, but that doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything that they say. And, and, and that's a huge shift, I think, in like, again, moving forward with yourself and your body. Right. Yes, absolutely. I would love to like get a list of people that you follow on Instagram and we can like link it in the show notes of like people that you think are good for health at every size and, you know, dietitians, obviously (laughs) having people follow you, of course. Um, But then having people be able to like go in and kind of see just a a wider variety. So I would love to get a list from you for that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I And, you know, um, because obviously I've been part of your, your Facebook page for a long time. And I remember a lot of women on there are like, oh, I'm struggling with PCOS. And like, I went into my doctor, like, you know, people get really vulnerable on that page and talk Absolutely. a lot about, yeah. yeah, and talk a lot about like health things that they have going on and how badly they're treated. And it always just like hurts my soul. Like it always does. And I just want to be like, follow all these people. They will make you feel so much better. And also they really like are so validating. So I would love to send that to you. I can definitely get yes, you the list please. by tomorrow. Um, of, that like, would be dietitian. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's honestly like changed how I, I mean, I've been a dietitian for seven years and following these, these different kinds of dietitians who think a lot different than how we were taught in school has like changed my life. It's changed like the the trajectory of my career, you know, otherwise I would have worked in weight loss consulting for my whole career because that is, that's what I was taught in school. That's what my internship was. And that's where I probably would have stayed if I didn't kind of veer into this realm of these other dietitians that are like kind of going against the grain and trying to change things. It's pretty amazing. I love that so much. Yeah, I absolutely, I would love to share that list with so many people because I do think, again, I mean, we've said this multiple times now, who you follow and what you see can be so influential in your daily life. And if there are people who then those, those things align and speak to you and again, tell you you're not alone or tell you that like what you're doing isn't wrong or going against the grain, like that's so incredibly important for everybody in any capacity, in any industry, but specifically when we're talking, like you said, a lot of people in my group get very incredibly vulnerable and I feel, I have a lot of feelings. Um, (laughs) I have a lot of feelings about having created this safe space and it is, I am so protective of that like if anybody I, I I don't know if you've ever seen any of my rants that happen like I I haven't had to block many people or like kick many people out but like people will go on tangents and just like uh I'm like okay we're done with this and yeah. I I will yell and I will <laughs> be all fired up about it like I mean I literally had somebody who was like Um, We were talking about the magazine cover of Jessamine Stanley, the yoga instructor, who is a fat black woman and absolutely fantastic and amazing and is, you know, she's like, this is, uh, I do yoga and all this other stuff. And she, I want to say it was like one of the Vogue covers for UK. Maybe it was self or anyways, regardless, it was a UK magazine and she was featured as one of the cover cover girls essentially and this woman in my group was like you I mean she's disgusting and this is absolutely unacceptable like more people die because of obesity and you know because you're just eating cheeseburgers from McDonald's and blah blah and I was like uh what (laughs) 
like have you have you been and existed in my group in any amount of time and think that this is an acceptable conversation like one we don't body shame others period two are you her doctor no okay cool you don't get to have an opinion on if she's healthy or not three like what (laughs) yeah get out of here And I was like, I was so, it's funny though, because like things like that still, I just get so like taken aback, honestly, like it happens and I'm like appalled. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, do we not understand the rules here? (laughs) And it's crazy. And so like conversations like that will happen and I become so fiercely protective of the group and the space that we have. And I've had people message me after things like that. And they're like, okay, so that was great. <laughs> like you just like yelled at them and kicked them out and then told everybody else if they have a problem with it to fucking leave. And I was like, yeah, because this is a safe space. This is yeah, a safe space yeah. that everybody needs to be able to feel like they can discuss these things in and, and be able to come and have feedback from others but be supported by others and not be judged by others like those are three very big things (laughs) yes absolutely I agree 100 percent it's yeah it's it's so crazy honestly (laughs) it's so crazy yeah so yes so my last question for you um and I guess I want to ask this also I guess in two parts because again I try to separate us from our careers because again as a small business owner I totally feel this people are like you're a photographer I'm like I'm also a lot of other things so yes you Christy are a dietitian but you are also a lot of other things so in that twofold factor of like so what is any advice that you would give to your younger self and this can come from like dietitian you but also you you and I'm curious if those two things are different you know I feel that little like young me definitely could have used the whole anti-diet culture talk um yeah and that you know like it's okay to eat. It's okay to not always restrict your food because that's like, you know, how I was raised and always watch my mom do it. And so I always felt like, oh, okay, that's like what you have to do, you know? Um, And so I always feel that like, you know, I could, my, myself now could talk to younger me definitely about a healthy relationship with food and her body. And I mean, I, I feel like that would have changed a lot of things in a positive way for me. And, you know, dietitian me would probably say the same thing, to be honest. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. And I, and I wanted to ask that in the way of like, there are obviously two sides to ourselves, the business side, as well as like the us side. Um, But And in some ways, and I'm sure you feel like this sometimes, like being a business owner, having a public face, being able to have that sometimes is like you can turn off when you do that thing, those things when you're like, okay, I'm done with work for the day. And I'm now just get to like relax with my dog and hang out and like things like that. And and it really is interesting because I find that there are certain things that I, as Carly someplace have opinions on being my business persona and that Carly Jurich myself has different opinions on them and not like anything dramatic, but like things that I would tell myself personally versus things I would tell myself as like a 
boudoir photographer who's a community leader who like lives and exists in this world of like reclaiming fat like yes so many of those things are obviously myself as well but there's so many things that I don't speak to in public that would change what I say so that's why I always ask that question in those two ways of if it would be different but at the same time we've taken what we absolutely truly love and turned it into the thing that we do every day and it's so refreshing to know that generally on the same page as like it it really does align for us at some points yes yeah it really does it really does which is very valuable (laughs) yes very valuable so christy thank you so much so much for coming on got it on (laughs) (laughs) yes i'm i'm so incredibly excited for our listeners to like hear all of this and be able to like I hope like open their eyes to the fact that a dietitian is not just around weight loss I think that that's a really big misconception in general um and I think that I honestly think that the work you're doing is so incredibly valuable and I love it so much obviously I know I reshare your stories and your reels all the time because I'm like uh yeah hello read this it's important (laughs) yeah you're like my biggest fan over there truly though like it makes me so happy to like to see somebody else I don't want to be like existing in the sphere that I exist in but like people are people are new to health at every size and people are new to understanding those concepts and what it takes is education and being loud about it and you and I are both really good about those things (laughs) yeah and also like very educated in it you know like I mean people I invite me like on Instagram and I'm like, look, I have a lot of education behind me. And so exactly. what I'm saying, I can back up. So, you know, like I'll have like user 3001, you know, with no profile picture be like, this is false. And I'm like, stop, like get off the stage. <laughs> you know, like you're like, stop. would you like to see my seven years of schooling, my multiple yes. internships and all of my healthy clients? <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Yeah, it's it's such a what we're doing is radical and really fucking cool. <laughs> and I'm proud of both of us for that. And I think that it it's a lot of of being open and honest about all of these conversations that we're having and like and thank you for being being vulnerable and you know, sharing even talking about like therapy and things that go on within your personal life again, separating personal life versus like dietitian life. It, it's really big and it it makes a big difference to me that you're willing to be vulnerable on both of those sides. So thank you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you too. I'm excited to hear this and I will send you the list of people so you have it. Perfect. And then just for our listeners, where can they find you if they are interested in hiring you as a dietitian or even just following your Instagram? Um, tell us where people can find you. So my professional Instagram is type2diabetes.nutritionist. Um, and if people don't have Instagram, I can always be reached over email um, at dietitianchristy at gmail.com. Perfect. Amazing. Christy, thank you again for being on with me. I appreciate it so much. And I'm so happy we finally got to have this conversation. Me too. Thank you so much, Carly. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Someplace for Everybody. If you loved this episode, would you mind leaving me a review in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the show? 
If you're looking for a community to love on you and support you in your self-love journey, come join our all-gender Facebook group, Someplace for Everybody, which can be found in the show notes at someplaceforeverybody.com. Until we meet again, be kind to yourself. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.